Hey, welcome to D Bronx Podcast 2021 edition. It has been quite some time, and we are so glad to be back at it with Broncos season uh, about to kick up into full gear. Uh, my name is Austin. I'm joined here uh, by my co-host, Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Great to be back on the podcast, Austin. There is no place I'd rather be right now. And uh, shout out to our good friend, Ian, who I think is having some technical dis- difficulties, but is eavesdropping in tonight. We expect him uh, to be live on the upcoming podcast. Yes, he will He will be our third, as always, our third, uh, third host uh, within the coming weeks as we ramp up toward the regular season and into the regular season. So, uh, But, of course, uh, there is some huge things going on in Broncos country. I've, we haven't had the opportunity or the pleasure to, uh, to do a podcast in quite a while, so I just want to say to any of our listeners, if you are still with us, we missed you, and thank you for still being with us. We do appreciate it. Um, and heartfelt, it's been quite, heartfelt. Yeah, yeah, quite some time. A lot of things have happened since our last podcast. Of course, uh, hiring of new GM, John Elway kind of, I guess, promoting himself. Uh, and, of course, we've had signings, draft, uh, draft that we feel pretty good about. We're not going to cover all that because all that, you guys, listeners, you already, are, you already know about all that. You already know about all that, so we're not going to spend time giving our thoughts on all that. We're going to start with what is current and of course, the Broncos just wrapped up training camp uh, and their second preseason game. So we are recording this on Monday, August the twenty-third, um, just uh, just after our the second preseason game. And to this point, uh, no quarterback has been named as the starter. Um, and if hopefully, you know, we don't record this and then they name a starter right before we release it uh but as of the time of this recording no quarterback has been named and of course there is a pretty healthy competition that seems to have brought out the best in both quarterbacks uh, at least from what we've seen um for the starting job and kevin you and i have spoken a little bit uh you know in regards to when denver traded for teddy bridgewater uh and of course the incumbent drew lock uh, and we've we've talked a little bit about it, certainly not in depth, but I would love to get your thoughts um, on the quarterback situation, just because that's the kind of the ob- uh, uh, obligatory topic that we need to talk about first, and then we'll talk about some other things, some other standouts uh, as well. Um, but what are your thoughts on this quarterback competition? Bench both guys. That's what I say. Bench them both. <laughs> and... And maybe just put Brett Brett Ripien in there. That way we just avoid all these arguments. No arguments. But hey, listen, listen, as a thought exercise, I've got a good idea, and we did not talk about this prior to going on the air. Ooh. I could argue for both of these guys. Oh, I, I so, think you could so, easily. So, so my, my proposal is I will go, uh, you know, I, I will state my case for Locke. Okay. And then you state the case for Teddy and then okay. we flip it. Sounds good. That's I'm on, I'm on board. I think, like I said, and, make, and then, make and then we'll, let our, we'll let our listeners decide. So I, I will start uh, with my case for Teddy mm-hmm. and then I'll uh, let, let you make the case. Uh, well, how do we do this? If I make the case so, for Teddy, yeah, then you make the case for Locke, then we flip okay. it. 
Okay. Sounds good. Let's do that. All right. I'll go with Teddy first. All right. Okay. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, has had a tremendous camp or tremendous, maybe an overstatement, but he has been Teddy Bridgewater. He's a savvy veteran. He's been in the league. I think this might be his seventh season. Um, he's been a starter for two teams, now two franchises, last year with the Carolina Panthers. So Teddy's career has been probably unspectacular, but, mm-hmm. you know, Teddy Bridgewater is, is an example of a guy who will probably be employed by the NFL as long as he wants to be. Um, and he yeah. is a, a really good example of how difficult it is to find a franchise quarterback because Teddy Bridgewater lacks a lot of the physical tools that, you know, that franchise quarterbacks may have. Uh, he, um, but he knows how to read defenses. Mm-hmm. He knows how to, you know, move a team down the field. You're not going to start Teddy Bridgewater thinking he's going to win you games necessarily, mm-hmm. but you're going to start Teddy Bridgewater knowing he'll keep you in games. Yeah. He's so not my gonna, he's my not gonna cost it. My argument for Teddy Bridgewater is principally based on the fact that we have a stout defense, perhaps perhaps a top ten, top five defense. Could be. Yeah. Um, and if we can manage, let bring in a game manager like Teddy Bridgewater, um, minimize mistakes, mm-hmm. and let the defense win us ball games. That's exactly what we did in 2015. And, oh, by the way, we won a Super Bowl using that formula uh, because at this point in his career, uh, at that point in his career, Manning was, Manning was much, wasn't much more than a game manager. Um, the, the other reason I think Bridgewater is uh, a possibility as a starter is you got to look at Fangio. Fangio doesn't have the luxury of um, playing beyond this year. I mean, his job's on the line. Yeah. So that's true. Which so he's a defensive coach. We've got a great defense. He's probably be happy to make the safe pick with Bridgewater. So I mean ultimately Bridgewater has a higher floor than Locke, but I think he has a lower ceiling mm-hmm. than Locke. But right now, if you're Fangio with our defense, maybe you just take the higher floor and let's just ball control it to death and check down Teddy. Yeah. Minimize turnovers and let mm-hmm. defense take us to the playoffs. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that, I mean that's that's a good case and as as you stated, Bridgewater has had uh you know a pretty pretty good camp, but uh as is the case with Locke, uh good preseason action. Both of them have 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 uh in my eyes uh pretty excelled within the within preseason games so for Locke, so i'll make my my case for Locke. um and the great thing is we're in a situation where you can make a case for either guy and 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 as vic fangio said recently we could probably win with either guy so uh so that's a good that's you know as much as it is terrible not to have a set franchise guy it is good to be in a position where you feel confident that you could win with either quarterback that you have because franchise quarterbacks at any given time, there's maybe 10 true franchise quarterbacks in the league at a time uh, that are truly in the prime of their you know franchise career. But for Locke, okay, so here's the thing about Locke. Is the biggest thing that we wanted to see from Locke coming into this 
offseason and into training camp is is that we wanted to see progress. Because last year, his biggest, our biggest complaint with him, you know, or, or our biggest complaints with him were obviously turning the ball over, throwing off his back foot, you know, kind of panicking when the pressure was coming in and, and escaping and not being able to read the defense as well. But I've seen a lot of that start to turn around in the small sample size that we've seen in the preseason. Now, of course, the coaches are seeing these guys every day, day in and day out. So I don't think it's wise to try and guess that one guy or the other is going to win based on preseason stats because we're effectively seeing one quarter versus one quarter of these guys with their starters. You know what I mean? So the stats, you can kind of throw them away. You really want to see how they do in their in their particular roles within the offense. And what we've seen with Drew Locke is we've seen we've seen him start to read defenses. One of the biggest plays that stands out to me is in the first preseason game against the Vikings. Now, of course, you know, you know, naysayers will say, well, he was playing against backups and and that is true. Uh, but he was also a lot of the a lot of his his players were backups as well. So, um, but one of the plays that stood out was was a, a a play to Jerry Judy where Drew Locke stood in the pocket in the face of pressure, and you saw him going from one read to the next read to the next, and finally coming out and seeing Drew or Jerry Judy in the middle open gets the ball to him as he's getting hit, no less. And then Judy turns it upfield for a big gain, and that was and that that was you know it wasn't exa- it was and of, of course we saw him make the big play, the eighty yard touchdown to Hamler, but we already knew he could do that. That's that was the known commodity with Drew Locke. That's what we already knew about him, but seeing something that we didn't see a whole lot of him in the past was reading defenses, stepping up into the throw when the pressure's on as opposed to drifting back onto his back leg. And that's the thing is we wanted to see progress. That was the biggest thing that we wanted to see. And from my perspective, we've seen the progress. We've seen progress being made. Now, again, small sample size. But with him having the higher ceiling, he, you know, obviously we we, 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 we at least believe that we know who Teddy Bridgewater is and everyone seems, you know, we're pretty confident that's who he's going to remain. Whereas Locke, sure his floor is lower, but you want to see if he can reach that that higher ceiling. You want to see if he can get to that point because if he can consistently get to that high point where he's able to use that arm but also read defenses and not fall back on his mechanicals, you know, in the face of pressure, then this guy really has something. I mean, he's got the physical tools uh, up there with with the best of them, you know, with these young quarterbacks in the league. He's up there with the best of them in terms of his physical tools. So it's really just the mental side with him. As long as he can get his mental side, the mental side of his game more consistent, man, his there's no limits to what he can do. So that's kind of where I'm at is, is you have steady Teddy in the sense that He's going to provide you with that safer floor. You kind of know what you're going to get with him. But if you want to, if you want a franchise guy, you at least have to take a chance with Drew Locke. At least with this side of the argument, you have to take a chance with Drew Locke and and see if he can reach that ceiling. See if this year, now that he's got a full 
off season under his belt with with Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator. His second year with with uh, Pat Shermer as the offensive coordinator. See what he can do. Let's see what he can do because here's the thing: if 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 we go to Locke and he's you know the first quarter of the season he's just bad like he was last year, turning the ball over, throwing off his back foot, then we can still go back to Teddy Bridgewater and have that safe option. If you go Teddy Bridgewater first, it's unlikely you're going to go back to Locke unless it's because of injury or something unfortunate like that. So I think Drew Locke, even last week, uh, this game against against the Seahawks, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, look at his stats. He didn't play well. That... I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I think he played better than his numbers show. I think he played uh, uh, a brand of football that was different than what he was used to, but he but he didn't force it. He didn't force the deep balls into double coverage. He took what was there, and when there wasn't much there, he didn't turn it over. He didn't try to force it. And I saw him make reads stay in the pocket and not panic too early. He had that great play, that shovel pass to Seth Williams. Was it Seth Williams? Is that who it was? Yeah. I, I think it was Seth Williams. He had that great shovel pass, which is something you're probably not going to see from Teddy Bridgewater, not, at least not with any frequency. But even though he was playing, you know, here's the thing. Drew Locke is great at play action. His stats were not great because the off, the, the offensive coordinator – uh, and the rest of the coaching staff, they were not, they didn't have Locke in there just to see that he could still do play action because we already know he's he's top tier off of the play action. That he was con- that's the one area of his game last year that was consistent. So it didn't make a lot of sense to to just tell him to go out there and do exactly what we already know that he could do. I think what they did is they went out there and said, hey, let's have him work from the pocket. Let's have him work going through these progressions. We want to see if he can prove in these areas and not force turnovers. And and I, th- I thought he showed a lot of progress. He hasn't turned the ball over. He did fumble a couple times, but you could make the argument that that was entirely on the offensive line uh, when they when he got blown up, you know, almost immediately, especially those first yeah. two plays. Um, but I think, again, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I don't think anyone's going to deny he's a good quarterback. But is he a franchise guy? Exceptionally unlikely at this point in his career. Locke is still young, and he's got the physical talent to be a franchise quarterback. So, I think if it's neck and neck, if it's close, go with the higher ceiling. See what you get out of him. Very strong argument, Austin. Uh, I will now jump on the Locke bandwagon. I don't think I can do better than that, but I'll try to take a slightly different tact. Yeah, so go I'm going st- to start with um, you know, the safe choice, Bridgewater, and, and how tempting that might be for Fangio. And I, I alluded to that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridgewater's a proven sort of game manager. He's probably not going to win you a lot of games, but he He's also not going to lose you a lot of games. Mm -hmm. But let's look at Bridgewater's career. He's had some ups and downs. He had a bad injury there when he was up in Minnesota. But he's on his fifth team in seven years. So so four four teams have decided he's not our guy. We're Mm -hmm. not going to build around him, and we're going to move on. Uh, Again, it doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback, but he's not a franchise guy, and he's not suddenly going to become one. Highly unlikely. So if you – go with with Bridgewater then you're it's a band-aid 
It's a band-aid approach. It's a short-term approach. Yeah. And I don't and I don't think that's a great way to run a franchise. We should be looking to develop our quarterback of the future. At we this want to point, be top we, tier in the league. Yeah, we just don't know what Locke is truly capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we've been down this road before. He had, this is his third year. The first two years, he didn't have full training camps. He had to change offensive coordinators. Last year was an absolute disaster in a lot of ways, including offensive line that struggled. His number one uh, target, wide receiver, went out in the second game. I mean, look, w- what did Stefan Diggs do for Josh Allen up in Buffalo? I oh, mean, man. we may not get that kind. We may not get that kind of leap out of lock, but man, having a a, a full time true number one, a, re- a true number one, it's somebody mm-hmm. that he can rely on and go to and build his confidence. I mean, that's tremendous. With the full off season, with the full off season, really knowing the playbook, and he acknowledged yeah. he was thinking way too much last yeah, year, way in his head. I mean, he was trying to learn the offense on Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, maybe other quarterbacks can do it, but he he just couldn't do it. You know, some some yeah, guys. Justin Herbert little, pulled it off, but he did. But, but he's it, a revelation. Was, you know, that some that's guys not common. Some guys take a little longer to develop. Mm-hmm. Nobody disputes Locke's physical skills. He has yeah, he's got franchise caliber caliber arm and and mobility. Yes. Um, now, what we need to see from him is real consistency, mastery yep. of the playbook, mm-hmm. uh, and minimizing the turnovers. Uh, we saw some real flash plays last year, uh, and you highlighted you know, how he did in the first two preseason games. We mm-hmm. saw a step change. We saw improvement. We're not, I don't think we're going to see improvement out of Bridgewater. We're going to get what we've seen out of Bridgewater, which is not bad. But I don't see us making a playoffs with Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Locke, we may only win four games if he regresses. But if he s- takes a significant step forward and everybody sort of agrees he has that in him, mm-hmm. then we have a real shot to win double-digit games. Yeah, the range is bigger with him. Yeah, I don't think it's true yeah. with, with Bridgewater. Now, you, you finished your analysis. I'll tell you, you made a re- really, really good point. If you um, start... With Bridgewater, mm-hmm. I think you've pretty much put a fork in lock. He's not you've closed guy. the door on that. Yeah, you've closed the door on him, and he's probably not going to see the field unless Bridgewater just implodes or is injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- not a good scenario, uh, and I think you're kind of uh, sending. Uh, obviously, it's not a, <laughs> a message of real confidence to lock. <laughs> yeah, so, no. so, so, so I think. But if you start lock, you know my view. Let's give the guy four or five games. Okay, let's see what we have uh, before we just move off him already after all we have invested in him. And I believe when when we did not draft a quarterback in the draft. Now, remember, we signed Bridgewater the day before the draft, I believe. So we knew we had Bridgewater signed going into that draft. So if the Broncos truly believed that Bridgewater was going to be our quarterback – they gave him a one-year contract, right? Just just one year. If they thought Bridgewater well, he was, was reco- well, he was traded. It was it wasn't. It was traded. Traded. It right. wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't like a, a free agent type of signing. He was traded for. True, but he's still on, he's only on a one-year contract, regardless. Mm-hmm. But 
and, and I did not know that. That's that's good. No, he's got he's got he's got one year, so they're not invested in him. Um, and I think if you're a, a GM and you're looking at Bridgewater, you're thinking, okay, he's a solid backup. If if Brick if if Locke does not progress, okay, he's a fail safe. But if the Broncos were looking at Bridgewater as anything more than anything more than that, um, I think they're mistaken. Um, that's why I don't think they're going to start him. And I also believe if the Broncos didn't at least have a reasonable amount of faith that Locke could be the guy, I think they would have drafted a quarterback in the first round. Like Fields round. being there. I, I, I think they take Fields they or, or they yeah. trade up. They do something. They just don't sit. If they were sold on Locke not being the guy. They would they would have drafted. Fields was there. Fields was there. You take you take Fields. Yeah, and, and I've heard Patton say that he wants to see Locke develop. Mm-hmm. He, he's seen enough in Locke to make him believe that he can be the guy. He wants to give him a chance to develop. Now, mm-hmm. if Bridgewater starts, then it's Fangio's decision. Um, and I think we all know. More than likely, well, yeah. And we all know why Fangio may do that. He's playing it safe because it's about his job security, perhaps. And there may be things I just don't know. We we just don't know about drop yeah. about lock in the quarterback room and yeah. We're taking everything what we see on you know yeah yeah. So there's there's a lot of variables that us as the fan don't know. And I think uh, either way you go here, you have to you have to uh, you have to know you have to know like this is not a decision that's made based on the preseason stats that we've seen. What, what us as fans have seen, that's not why the decision, either way it goes, is made. Okay, so I'll jump. So I'm jumping on Teddy now. So Teddy. I'm I'll, so I'm gonna do Teddy. So oh, and then at the end, you make your prediction ahead. and what you'd like to see happen, and I'll do the same. Okay, sounds good. So with Teddy Bridgewater, so here's the thing: the quarterback position, largely, if you go back through history, uh, it's it's much more largely a mental game than a physical game, right? Um, you want a you want a quarterback who knows how to get into the right checks, knows how to read the defense, knows how to read the defense even before the snap, and be able to move and manipulate the pocket. Now, here's the thing: Teddy Bridgewater is not the most athletic guy. He's not a stone. He's not Flacco back there. Um, but he but he moves more so within the pocket. I know, like Vic Fangio said, and this is high praise. I don't know if I'd go this far. Uh, not to say that he was necessarily comparing him directly to Tom Brady, but he said, oh, another guy that has done that very well is Tom Brady. So there's similarities in the way they manipulate the pocket. Certainly, I don't think anyone is under the impression Bridgewater's as good at that as Brady is. Of course not. But a uh, much more mental game uh, than a physical game. If you go back through history, you look at all the really, really strong arm, physical freak, talented, that kind of physical talent guys, there's not a lot of them that peak the uh, all-time greats list. You have a couple, of course, our own John Elway. He's 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 one of the main ones. Brett Favre is another one. Brett Favre threw a lot of picks, but he was he had he was a gunslinger, same kind of mentality uh, as as Locke or as at least we envisioned Locke. Other than that, you look at a lot of the all-time greats. You have Drew Brees, you have you know, even Tom Brady, I mean, he suddenly got a rocket arm when he hit like 35 years old, but he was not never a rocket arm guy or a physical freak early in his career. You know, he kind of looked like a potato uh, in his, you know, early career. Uh, <laughs> no offense, Sam. I, 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 you know, it's just he, he was not physically gifted in any way, shape, or form. Um, 
Uh, you look at Peyton Manning, same thing. You look at uh, even going back, you know, Steve Young. Steve Young was a scrambler, so he had that going for him. But if you go through history, most of the guys that are listed amongst the all-time greats, they played the mental game, not so much the I'm going to throw at 150 miles an hour through the defender to get to my receiver. Obviously, that doesn't work. You know, there's sometimes an overconfidence with the arm where you're just you're solely relying on the arm instead of playing the game the way the game is supposed to be played. And with Bridgewater, here's the thing with Bridgewater. Of course, you know, you have you have the side that's like, oh, well, hey, Locke has this high ceiling. Well, based on what exactly? His arm strength? His ability to move around the pocket and throw it really far? Uh, or not move in the pocket, but like, you know, kind of, he's a little bit faster and can throw it really far. Um, but what, I mean, but what exactly is this high ceiling that we're talking about? And what it, what is the you know, what is the point in declaring a high ceiling if somebody can't read the defense, you know? And historically, of course, we look at the preseason, he's looked good so far. Uh, we have seen improvement, but his issue was not that he could never at any point do it. It was, it was his consistency was never there. He's never strung two games in a row that were even above average games, not even great games, but like he's never strung two above average games in a row. He's never done it. Now we're rolling into year three, and people are like, oh, well, he's only got 18 starts. Well, how many starts does he need? Number one. Number two, the rest of the non-starts are primarily because he's been injured. You know, franchise quarterbacks generally are able to continue playing. You know, if you're an injury-prone quarterback, it doesn't matter how good you are, you're not playing. So not only have we not seen it from him that much, hardly at all, handful of games, in his 18 starts, but he's been out for almost half of his career based on injury. Um, you know, he should have significantly more starts in his career so far. At least, you know, when I say significantly, I don't mean like double the starts, of course, but I mean like uh, three or four more games last year. And then, of course, the year, I mean, I don't think Brandon Allen would have gotten any of those starts after Flacco went down uh, if Locke was healthy. So there's another sample size there um so you have injury prone you have uh inability to read the defense and even this past week i was praising him for certain areas but i also saw him throw back off of his back foot several times uh both me and ian ian and i were watching the game together and we saw him regress to that why like that's something if you've worked on that that shouldn't still be coming up um, unless you're trying to escape pressure. I saw one play specifically that really worried me in that he had a defender running at him. Not a free runner. It wasn't like he was about to get obliterated, but he had a defender in front of him that was blitzing. And instead of stepping up into the pocket and making a throw, stepping into the throw, he drifted off his back foot and it just floated out of reach of his uh, receiver. And those are the kind of things that, Again, the inconsistency. He never seems to be able to do those things consistently, right? Teddy Bridgewater, we know, can do those things consistently. Teddy Bridgewater, we saw, he knows how to manipulate the pocket. He, we, we see him, if you go back, especially in that first drive of this past game, he goes up to the line and checks, identifies the Mike linebacker, shifts his line protection to make sure that the blitz is picked up. Do we know for sure that those first two plays 
uh, with Locke were because the line blew an assignment, or did Locke not recognize the blitz? Why did he not check on the on the first one? The Mike linebacker came in unblocked. Why didn't he identify the Mike linebacker before that play was snapped? Would would that Mike linebacker still have come in untouched? Had had he? You see, those are some of those things that that I don't see from him. I want to see more of the mental game. We know he's got the physical talent, but does he have the mental capacity? How high is his mental ceiling? I don't care about hearing about his physical ceiling anymore because that's a well-known thing. How high is his mental ceiling? And a lot of people are saying, hey, if he doesn't win this job, what's that going to do for his psyche? He's going to be crushed. Okay, well, do you want a quarterback who's completely crushed as soon as he loses a job? I mean, look at Drew Brees. He got traded. Because they drafted somebody they liked better. And then what did he do? It became one of the all-time greats. I I don't want a guy who's going to collapse because something doesn't go his way. Mentally. I want a guy who's cool, even keeled. Bridgewater, he's been on four teams. So this is his fourth team. He's been on Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina. And now Jets. us. Oh, Jets. Very, yeah, very short. Never played for them. Never ended up playing for them. That's a good point, though. Um in 2014, uh, he was a part-time starter. Uh, improved in 2015 uh, and made the playoffs. With 2015 Vikings, which primarily was they're great. They had a great defense. Um, then, of course, freak injury. But here's the thing: George Payton was a part of that Minnesota Vikings team that not only drafted him, but they had anointed him as their franchise quarterback before that injury. There was a different feeling in the air when he when he was when he was or when they were going into that 2016 season. They were confident they had who they believed was truly their franchise guy and they had this great defense. I mean, they had Super Bowl aspirations in Minnesota with Bridgewater. Then he gets a freak injury. Comes back from the injury. His first game action is in 2018, uh, which is only 23 attempts in New Orleans as the backup. Uh, but first significant time was in 2019, of course. Uh, he started five games, uh, threw for nine touchdowns against two picks for a 99.1 uh, quarterback rating, uh, 3,700, or I'm sorry, 1,384 yards uh, with a 60, I'm sorry, I think it was like a, I, I didn't check it, I think it was like a 68% completion percentage. 2020, he was a top 10 quarterback until he went down with the ankle injury. Ankle injury happens. He comes back from the ankle injury and he kind of tanks, right? He kind of tanks. Started, he threw, I, I think, oh, I, I, I don't, I don't want, don't quote me on this. I think it was like seven of his picks over the last like five weeks or something like that. I, I don't remember what the exact number was, so don't quote me on that. Um, but even still with those numbers ended up with a 92.1 quarterback rating for the year. 3,733 yards, number five uh, as the most accurate quarterback. Of course, again, you're going to get a higher percentage when you throw underneath more, you know, to, uh, you know, to make sure we understand that point. Um, so when I look at it, this, when I look at this, I see that since his rookie year, even, even with those injuries or that gruesome injury, every single year, he's gone up. 
85.2 quarterback rating, 88.7 quarterback rating, 99.1 quarterback rating. I know we think because he doesn't have this physical freak of an arm that Bridgewater is – and now let me temper expectations. I'm not saying he's a, a top-tier franchise quarterback. But what I'm saying is this. Ravens won a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. We won a Super Bowl with Brock Osweiler and a guy who kind of looked like Peyton Manning. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, what what do we want here? Is, is, Austin, is, Austin, I'm, I'm going to have to jump in here. I only got a few more minutes. Okay. You, you made yep. a great case there. Great case. So what's your, what do you think will happen? And then who, who are you – what would you like to see happen in terms of starting quarterback? Ooh, what do I th- – I, this it's very hard. This is a very so. This is very. This is a very hard decision for me. I would say I think. I think it's going to be Drew Locke. And I think it's because, you do have you still have George Payton, uh, who wants to see, firsthand what what he has. I think he's shown improvement, and I think that if it's close, they may want to go with the high the the the. the the higher ceiling guy. Now, a lot of people think it's going to be Bridgewater because it's fan. People think Fangio prefers him, and that may be the case. But I think something in me is telling me that it's going to be Locke. What do yeah, I want? So, so okay. yeah, I, I would, I would say, I mean, just just on Bridgewater, yeah, he's a safer choice, but he's never thrown for more than fifteen touchdowns in his in his career. I mean, he only had fourteen last year, fourteen the year before. Or fourteen, two years in Minnesota, fourteen each. He just mm-hmm. isn't a prolific quarterback in terms of Mm-mm. scoring offense. And we're we're in a division with Herbert, uh, the Chiefs, Mahomes, uh, Bridgewater. Please, I mean, at least we don't know what we have with Locke. Let's let's see the guy develop. I think because of that, uh, just looking at the landscape in the AFC West, mm-hmm. uh, we we got to give Locke a full shot. And I mm-hmm. think this is his year to make it work or we're going to be in the quarterback market in next year's draft, or we're going to be trading for Aaron Rodgers in the off season. Mm-hmm. But, but starting Bridgewater is just a non-starter for me. And I, I don't disagree with anything you said about the guy. Um, and that's why he's still in the league and that's why he'll continue to be in the league, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be a franchise player for anybody. He's not going to be a long-term starter for anybody. He might be, and you made a great case. He might be the best play for us. This year, uh, the safer play, but I don't want to play it safe. You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to win? Eight, nine games, play it safe? What, is, what does that do for us? Let's see what we have with Locke. And I think because of that, uh, I think Locke will get the nod. Um, I think Locke will be on a relatively short leash because I think with this roster, we have a playoff contending roster. So if Locke stumbles out of the gate and we're one and three, season isn't over. Particularly now we have 17 games. I think you may see Bridgewater hit the field. I just don't see the reverse of that situation mm-hmm. happening. Or if it did happen, I don't think it would turn out nearly as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I do believe – I'm not 100% certain. I don't think anybody is. Maybe Fangio isn't even certain at this point. Cause at this point, yeah. yeah I, I'm reading the tea leaves. They might even wait until uh, – you know, the next preseason game, the yeah. final preseason game. And that may suggest that there's just disagreement amongst the coaching staff and Peyton. Well, I'll say this. Third preseason game is not going to tell you one thing, one way or the other. You're playing against third and fourth stringers. 
Well, it's, it's more a, practice it's, time. It, yeah, but it, it's, it's not going to – in terms of that game, the game itself is not going to make – it should not have any sway on the decision. Right. Um, I don't. I don't care if one guy lights it up and the other one doesn't. Should have no sway. Um, okay. No. I, I. I get. So it sounds like you. You believe Drew Locke is going to be a guy, and you hope that it's Drew Locke. Uh, in terms of what I. In terms of. In terms of what I want to happen. Uh, it's. It's kind of. It's kind of hard to say because I. Let me say this: If I were to if I were to just go with my thoughts on the two quarterbacks, I would say Drew or Teddy Bridgewater. However, that's with a caveat because I'm not seeing what the coaches are seeing. If they anoint, if they say Drew Locke's the guy, then I'm gonna then I'm gonna get then I'm gonna get right back behind him and be in his corner because that means that he won an open competition against a quarterback who has had some success in this league. And he earned it. So I want to. So if he does that, then I'm kind of back in his court in terms of, uh, okay, well, hey, I'm, you know, I just want to see the best guy win. And if they think he's the best guy, then hallelujah, I'm right. I'm right there. But based on what I've seen, uh, I don't think Bridgewater is. Hey, we're gonna win seven or eight games because it's Bridgewater. It's like no. I think I think we had a f- we had far worse quarterback play in 2015 than what Bridgewater almost guaranteed will provide, and we won a Super Bowl. And so, what I think the way the the way the team is constructed is great defense. And so, then let's get a guy who sustained drives, sustained drives, right play calls, right play checks, knows how to check at the line, and is not gonna not gonna be volatile and not gonna turn the ball over, and then throw an eighty yard touchdown and then turn the ball over. I know I understand the argument behind Locke. And, and and again, if he's named starter, I'm right back in, and I'll I'll believe that he earned it, right? And I definitely will believe that he earned it if he wins the job. But what By I, the but way, I, what, one other thing on Bridgewater. I mean, last year, it's not like he was particularly careful with the ball. I mean, he threw seven interceptions. I think he had three fumbles. Uh, he, Carolina was 25th in the league in third down conversions. You expect better than that out of a veteran quarterback. Even worse, and then you punt. Tw- they, they were 28th, right. 28th in the league in red zone. Now, I'm not saying Locke would have performed any better last year as the first time, and he didn't, but but I go back to the list develop Locke. Just give him one more year and let's see and see what the upside may be. But I'll finish with this. If this was the final season in NFL history, they just decided we're done, we're going to play one more season, and this then I would probably start Bridgewater. I would probably take the safe play. Uh, with his experience, uh, I think the if I'm a betting mad man, the odds are probably slightly better that we may win another game or two, uh, just based on what we know now about these two guys. Uh, but but if I'm playing long ball here for the long term, there's no question I'm going to give Locke a shot this year. As I said earlier, give him four to five games, uh, and if he's showing signs of improvement, then 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 and run the table yeah. with them uh, yeah. and then decide in the off season what you're going to do. All right. Well, uh, I think we've kind of made our points clear. I, you know, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the good, the good news is I think we're, we have, we're in decent shape either way we go. That's the good news. And I'm going to get behind either way we go. I'm going to get behind the guy either way we go. Yeah. Um, and, and, Bri- I'm, Bri- Bridgewater and I'm excited. Impressed. Bridgewater in the, in the two preseason games. I mean, he, and there are early preseason he's had, games. And he's had some dimes. He looked good. <laughs> he, 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 did, he looked like a savvy veteran. I'll give him that. No 80-yard touchdowns, but I haven't launched a film to see if a guy like Hamler 
was open by seven yards on any of his plays. So he's not going to he's not going to try and force it. We know that about him. He's not going to force it. Um, but he also doesn't have an arm like Locke, and everybody knows he doesn't have an arm like Locke. Um, he wouldn't be able to get it 80 yards in the air for uh, at any point. So in any case, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about this defense. Um, you know, I think where I differ is people are like, hey, let's see what we have in Locke, where I think we've already seen what we have in Locke. And that's, I think, where the main difference is, is I just think he's already kind of showed who he is. And a lot of people think that, Oh, well, he may, may still, and that's just kind of where I differ. But um, but in any case, if he wins his job, man, that means the coaching staff believes that he may still have it. So I'll be right back in his corner. So anyways, anything you want to close with before we go? I know there's a lot that we wanted to talk about. And well, yeah, and I, yeah, so we're, we're definitely yeah. going to have to do this again next week. I mean, I will yeah, say that absolutely. I have a great deal of optimism after the first two preseason games. I think we, I think we have a combined – yeah, 63 it's, points and we I don't think we've given up something a touchdown. ridiculous we, we have not given a touchdown, a touchdown. In, in two games and and we, we've avoided you know significant injuries so far yep. knock on wood uh, I love Hallelujah. our depth at, I love our depth at a lot of positions and, and well our defense and Pat, clearly has good depth man and, and Pat Sertan too I mean and then our and then a new running back out of Carolina we just have a lot listen the biggest concern a lot I have to right hope for here yeah, the yeah. biggest concern I have right now is with Sutton. Uh, I want to see him get some snaps maybe in the yep. next game, or, or I want to hear some good reports at, at yeah. a camp. Uh, I just haven't seen a big you know, green light for him yet. Yeah, I haven't so. either. And my, my other concern, my two guys that bring up concern are him and Lloyd Cushenberry. Those are the two guys. We know Sutton's got the talent, but does he trust his leg? And then Cushenberry has been kind of bullied in the first two preseason games, unfortunately. He's been kind of the lone non-bright spot of the plays that have played. Um, but anyways, it, I'm excited. Look, we got a good team. We got a stacked roster. And just, hey, we just need one of these two quarterbacks to just play well. And by the way, and, Pat Sertan, you know, as good as he is, he may not even start. Isn't that crazy? Because <laughs> we still have Fuller and Darby, Darby. and Callahan. And Callahan. And then Sertan and Ojemudi has looked good. I know he dropped that pick. He doesn't have any hands, but he's got no. he's, he's, his coverage has looked good. But anyways, hey, so as we close out, hey, I just wanna just wanna shout out to all our listeners. Uh, if you're returning, thank you so much for for returning and joining us this week and uh we're gonna be talking a lot more than quarterbacks next week so unfortunately we just had a lot of this that we hadn't talked about yet so we just wanted to get that out of the way next week we're gonna be diving a lot more into the rest of the roster and uh wh- and what our projections are for uh, for the season so uh and hopefully ian will be able to be with us uh next week as well so from kevin from myself and from our good friend ian who could not be with us Thank you for listening to D Bronx Podcast and have a good night.